As you have your Bibles open to Psalm 67, if you would uh, also mark Numbers chapter 6. We're, we'll flip back to Numbers chapter 6 and take a look at how the same words that we find in Psalm 67 are, are given. They first appear in Numbers 6. So we'll look at that in just a few minutes. Psalm 67, to the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Blessed for passage. It's a great call to missions. If you recall back in Psalm 65, Psalm 65 says that those that that dwell at the far ends of the earth should praise God. And Psalm 66 that we looked at last week says that, that all the earth worships God. But presently, today, we know that all those who dwell at the ends of the earth do not praise God and All nations and people of the earth do not worship God. Psalm 67, then, is God's method of spreading his fame and spreading his salvation worldwide, which will result in worldwide praise and worship. Psalm 67 is how Psalm 65 and Psalm 66 will be realized John Piper made this statement concerning this psalm and these words. He said this, Missions exist because worship doesn't. What he meant by that is that missions will always be necessary. There will always be a call for missions and a a sending of missions until every tribe and every nation and every tongue have heard the gospel. And at that time, when the gospel, Jesus says, we studied this in the gospels. Jesus says, when the, when the gospel reaches the ends of the earth, and there's still so much work to be done to see that accomplished. More than half of the 7 billion people that live on our planet are still, still have little to no access to the gospel. Some 4,000 languages still do not have the scriptures in their language. There is still much work to be done. 
But when the gospel expands and reaches to the, to the ends of the earth, there will be those from every tongue and every nation and every people who will respond, who will gladly respond, who are just waiting to hear the gospel, longing to hear the truth, yearning to know of true salvation and to know of the true God that exists that they do not know. And when those people are brought into the kingdom. There will be worship and glory of God and praising him from the ends of the earth. All of the earth will worship the Lord. So missions has an end point in sight. There is an end to missions. There is a a time when missions will cease. It will accomplish its purpose. But worship does not have an end point in sight. Missions will conclude when the gospel has been taken to every people's, but worship from every people's will continue throughout eternity. That's what that statement means. Missions exist because worship doesn't. This worship from all peoples and all languages. But it will. It will. Maybe in our lifetime, maybe not in our lifetime, but it will. I pray in our lifetime. And that's the thrust of Psalm 67. God intends for the entire earth, for every family group of the earth, every people group of the earth to know his salvation. He means to spread that message through blessing. God blesses his people who in turn take those blessings and share those blessings with others. And so on it goes until the whole world hears. Blessed for blessing. The first thing we see in Psalm 67 is the greatest blessing is salvation. And that's verse 1, something of the title to the psalm may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us God's blessings come to us by way of grace may God be gracious to us and bless us God's grace is the the fountain the source of all of his good gifts all of his blessings that come our way they come by way of grace they come to us as gifts Blessings are things that, that are given to us. Grace is bestowed upon us. God's blessings are not a repayment that, that we're owed, something that we're owed. It, it's not rewards that, that we have achieved or, or favor that we have gained. Blessings are God's graciousness towards us. May God be gracious to us and bless us. He gives us good things even though we do not deserve them that reminds us of our passage this morning doesn't it that king released that servant and forgave him and the greatest blessing of all is the grace of salvation may god be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us those words make his face to shine upon us is is descriptive of our salvation It's a salvific expression that God's face shines upon those whom he loves in grace. 
who are his, who are his children, his people. It's an expression of being saved, being in the the sunlight of the face of God. And we can go back, let's, let's go back to Numbers chapter 6 and begin in verse 23 towards the end of chapter 6. Instructions that the, the Lord is giving to Moses in verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, they are the priest for the people, saying... Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So the blessing of the priest upon the the people of Israel, in other words, the the priests were to pray for the salvation of the people. May God be gracious to you. May God's face shine upon you. May God's countenance be lifted up to you. It's a prayer for salvation. God says he's going to answer that prayer, doesn't he? I will bless them. That was the function of the priest, to to mediate between God and the people, to to pray for God's blessings, to offer those sacrifices, to bring atonement and reconciliation, to, to function in that way. Well, we're not under this old, the Old Testament sacrificial system anymore, and in some ways, pastors, ministers are function in that way they are to pray for the salvation of the people but in another way all of us have that calling on our lives the the bible speaks of of the of all of us being priests before the lord as believers in the new testament grace and because of that this the, the term priesthood of the believers we we are all to pray as believers for god's blessing of salvation to be known you see uh you see Paul in Romans, he's praying for the salvation of Israel. See over in Acts, the, the, the believers would get together often. They would get together daily and, and they, would, they would get together around the apostles' doctrine and they would sing songs and they would pray. And the Bible says as they would gather to worship frequently, the Bible says the Lord would add to their number daily those who were being saved. They were no doubt praying for God to bless and be gracious and to save. And that's looking back in Numbers. We can can look forward to the the end of Scripture in in Revelation chapter 22 and and in verse 4. And we find that when when history has has been wrapped up and folded up into eternity and all things have been settled and and wickedness has been judged and God's people have been brought into his everlasting kingdom, we see that salvation is complete. It's come to full fruition. We will all be gathered before the Lord 
And that culmination of our salvation, that, that apex of God's blessings is that verse 20, chapter 22, verse 4 says, they will see his face. Speaking of believers. That's the state of eternal grace. The state of eternal blessing is that we will see the face of God. His face will shine upon us in in all of its brilliance and beauty for eternity. That's the goal of salvation, to see God. In its richest, in its fullest, in its final state of glorification, it's the face of God shining upon his people that will be our chief eternal delight. There is no greater thrill for the people of God than to see his face. It's a salvific expression. God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. It's an it's a expression of save us, God. Save us. To see the face of God is the greatest blessing of grace that can ever be known. It's a prayer of salvation. But there's a reason why this psalm begins with, Lord, save us. Be be gracious to us. Bless us in this way. Save us that we might see your face. Make your face shine upon us. And we see in verses 2 through 4 that those who are blessed with salvation are a means of salvation to others. Verse 2 says that... In other words, there, there, there is a, a purpose for us in God saving us, in his face shining upon us, that your way may be known on the earth. Your saving power among all nations. It's indeed the, the purpose and the, it's praying for God's promises back Back, way back in Genesis, right? To be fulfilled, for God to fulfill his promises in saving his people and his people in turn being a witness and an example and a sharing of that faith in God with all those around them. God works through his saved people to spread the message of salvation to the ends of the earth, to all nations, your saving power among all nations. God has a great global purpose in your salvation, in my salvation, in the church that exists here in Grassy Pond. We are not transported into heaven at the moment of the new birth. We are here because we are the, it's the witness of the church. It's the life of the church, the lifestyle of the church, the praise and worship of the church the vocal witness of the church here in this world of darkness that God uses to bring others into the light of his Son. That your way may be known. If there was no church, if there was no witness, if there were no Christians, there would be no way for God's saving power to be made known that's why missions exist because there's still places on this earth just like that where there are no christians there are no churches there are no witnesses 
God, be gracious to us and save us that your way may be known everywhere. Your saving power among all peoples. Hard, trying, labor, joyful labor of winning souls to the kingdom. And we do that with our lips and we do that with our lives. We do that with our prayers. We do that with our acts, our deeds, our testimonies, our reaching out, our intentional entering into the lives of others. We do that in our community. We do that to the ends of the earth. That's how we fulfill our purpose. God be gracious to us that your way may be known on the earth. We find our joy, we fulfill our purpose when we are about number one, first priority, spreading the message of the gospel from here to the ends of the earth and see God transforming lives by his grace. It's the greatest joy that can possibly be known is to enter into the kingdom of God. There's no greater joy in the world than to be born again. And there's the second greatest joy of all the world is to be a part, to be an instrument, to be used in such a way to see people, to see God transforming the lives of others around us. So verse 3 says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. That's, that's our cry. That's our prayer. That's our mission. That's our song. Let the peoples praise you. Let it happen. May it happen. Be gracious to us and then use us. Send us. Show us. Fill us. And let the peoples praise you, all the peoples. So we're reminded once again that the solution for the misery of our world and the suffering in our world and the evil in our world is not a political solution. It's not an educational solution. It's not a monetary solution. It's a salvation solution. The peoples will praise the Lord. The peoples will be filled with the joy of the Lord when they know the Lord. When people turn from darkness to light, from sin to the Savior, their hearts are filled with praise. And they too find meaning and and purpose in life and satisfaction of of heart and soul and, and filling and completeness of that longing and void of life that they've tried to fill with everything else they can possibly think of or put their hands on or that they've been told. And when this is our purpose as God's people, when when verse 3 is our prayer, our drive, our focus in all that we do, when this is our purpose as God's people, we have joined God's purpose We have put ourselves in line with God's mission. And it begins in the home. We we talked about that this morning. Martin talked about that in the children's sermon. It begins in the home. It, It begins as parents and grandparents evangelizing our own children, sharing the gospel with the people under our own roof, living the gospel before them. 
But then it expands, doesn't it? It, it expands to our neighbors around the corner. It, it expands to our friends at school. It expands to our co-workers that we are around each and every day. It expands further to the, the, the unchurched in our own community, in our state, in our nation, and, and ultimately to the unreached peoples that live in other nations and speak other languages and grew up in other cultures and worship other gods. And they're not to be pitted one against the other. People do this all the time. It's very disturbing. We've got people that need Jesus here. Why do we want to send people over there? Because people need Jesus. doesn't matter if they live two houses down or 7,000 miles away. It's our mission. It's our purpose. And Romans 10 compels us, doesn't it? Romans 10 compels us to embrace God's purpose as his people, to run with it, to go with it. You remember those stirring questions in that chapter? How will unbelievers believe? How are they ever going to believe if they are never told? If they never hear? And how are they ever going to hear if they are not told? And if someone is, doesn't tell them, if someone is not sent, if someone does not go, if someone does not share, if someone doesn't knock on the door, if someone doesn't befriend them, introduce themselves, go over there where they live, learn their language... How in the world are they going to believe if we do not go and tell? Someone has to sacrifice. Someone has to risk. Someone has to see that the glory of God is worth it. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, the Scripture says. And then we come to verse 4, which is the, the centerpiece of the psalm, the focal piece of this song, the focal point. God judges the people and God guides the nations. God's hands are at work and he's moving and orchestrating events and movements. Even in Myanmar right now, he is orchestrating movements for the purpose of the furtherance of his gospel. He's guiding the nations. He's judging peoples with equity so that let the nations be glad and sing for joy will happen. It's everything is working towards that great global purpose and eternal end. We see it in Revelations, don't we? Around the throne of God, a multitude that cannot be numbered of people from every tribe, nation, and tongue. This ultimate glorious end that the nations might be glad and sing for joy. The nations rage now, don't they? Even the Psalms say, oh, how the nations rage apart from Christ. There's so much raging and uproar and upheaval, and we've mentioned it tonight, and some of the pictures coming out of Myanmar are absolutely heartbreaking, absolutely terrifying. Oh, how people stumble and grope in the darkness apart from Christ, apart from the light of the gospel. They grope into alcohol. They grope into drugs. They grope into sex. They grope into false religion. They 
They stumble into everything they can possibly stumble into, violence, abuse, hatred, bitterness, fame, fortune. But oh, how they sing for joy when they know Christ. This is exactly what the nations and the peoples need. There's thousands of answers being given today. But this is exactly, this is precisely what the nations need. This is what the peoples need. It's just that many don't know it. They don't know this is what they need. Many don't desire it. They don't want this to be the answer for what they need. Many don't seek it. They're not, they're not looking for the answer in the Bible. They're not looking for the answer in Christ. The scripture says the God of this world has blinded them, blinded unbelievers to the glory of the light of the gospel in the face of Christ. They can't see it in their sin. We couldn't see it either in ours. Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam and out of souls are choking, absolutely choking the life out of people and out of souls. The greatest global cause of all is not to end global warming. Geopolitics will never obtain true lasting peace. There'll, there'll never be a treaty that will stand and last. We know that from Scripture, right? We are to strive for peace, live for peace, be peacemakers, be people of peace. But this world is not going to know peace apart from the Prince of Peace. It's when the nations hear of the one true God who is over all. It's when the peoples are introduced to the one who can make them new. That's when they sing for joy. That's when they are truly glad and that's the call of the gospel and the call of the church. God uses his people who he has blessed with salvation to be the means for the salvation of others, to bring them in. Go and get them. Bringing in the sheaves, right? Go compel them to come. And then the third point, those who are blessed with abundance are a means of blessing to others in verses 5 through 7. Now you see verse 5 is repeating verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So if you were to diagram Psalm 67, if you were to outline it, you would put verse 4 at the top of the page. And then you would come down from verse 4 and you'd put verse 3 on one side and you'd put verse 5 on the other side. And then you would come down from verse 3 and put verses 1 and 2. That's, that takes you to verse 3 and verse 3 takes you to 4. And then you would come down from 5 to verses 6 and 7. That takes you to verse 5 and then that takes you to verse 4. That's the goal. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Verses 3 and 5 is the prayer to get there. Verses 1 and 2 and 6 and 7 are the means to get there. That God is using and moving through redemptive history. He's using his people 
It's why we are here, to be salt and light, to be instruments of grace, to be communicators of the gospel, to stand for truth and shine the light. So verses 1 and 2 communicate that salvation is what results in verse 4. And salvation spreads to all nations through God's people. Verses 6 and 7 are communicating how God works through his people towards that end in verse 4. God blesses his people that we might be bearers of God's blessings to others. We might take those blessings to the world. And we do that in two ways. This primarily happens in two ways. First, by means of, by means of overflow. God's blessings spill over in our lives. Our cups run over we are lavished in the grace of god salvific grace day by day grace moment by moment grace and as believers god's favor rests upon his people and the more of god's people that are found in the same place the more blessings of god are found and they spill over to everyone around us morality is raised in communities saturated with god's people who are living for the glory of the Lord. Love and kindness are common in communities saturated with God's people. Salvation is widely known where God's people are widely visible and present. By means of overflow. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You see how that... The, the blessings of God that we are receiving have an end point, an, an outward point. God's blessings are, are not to be hoarded and, and, and stored and, and bunkered, and, but they are meant to, we are meant to be channels of these blessings. And when we lose our focus... When, when we lose our focus on our mission and the joy of joining God on this mission, our witness begins to fade, the gospel begins to grow silent, the church becomes more like the world rather than the world coming into the church. Someone said that the church, we're not called to be thermometers. We're not called to reflect the spiritual temperature of the world. We're good at diagnosing it, aren't we? We're to be thermostats. We're to be out in the world setting the spiritual temperature of the world through the gospel. So there's overflow. God God blesses his people and as his people are out in the world, those blessings extend to those around us. And second, by means of support, the earth has yielded its increase. God has blessed us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So it's by overflow. It's by example. It's also by means of support. God's people turn his blessings into ways to further the mission. God blesses us that we might in turn utilize those blessings to further and support and expand the witness of the gospel. There's no greater investment of our material blessings than investment in gospel-driven ministry. 
It takes the giving of blessings. It takes the giving of blessings, the giving away of what God has given us to meet needs and to open hearts and to support gospel work and to open doors for the gospel. It takes the giving of monetary blessing. It takes the giving of our talent. It takes the giving of our time. It takes the giving of our resources, our energy, our prayers, our children, ourselves. To send gospel ambassadors, to be gospel ambassadors, that all the ends of the earth may fear him, may know him. That that means may know him may truly know him. But that's precisely why God blesses us. God does not mean for us to spend all of his blessings on ourselves. He means for those blessings to be spent for his glory. Talent and treasure are the means God uses to send forth the greatest blessing of all. They are means Blessings are means to send forth and and shout and display the greatest blessing of all. That people might know God. That they might rejoice in God. That they might see his face. God blesses us that we might be a blessing to others in the greatest of all possible ways. That they may know him that they may be glad, that they may sing for joy, that they too may see his face. We are blessed, and we are truly blessed, that we might be a blessing. Let's pray. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch, P67 Missions. Again, thank you for listening to Will Owens.